in our final tushirim on loans, we consider various halachic perspectives toward bankruptcy. Halacha has no native notion of bankruptcy, but for half a millennium, Postkin have considered the question of whether halacha incorporates secular bankruptcy frameworks via the mechanism of minhag and dindim al-chusadina. In this year, we consider the mechanism of minhag, and in the final one, the mechanism of dindim al-chusadina. The discussion of minhag begins almost five centuries ago in a tshuva of the Marshach. Marshach actually penned several tshuvas on the topic. We'll look at one of them. What the Marshach is dealing with is not exactly modern bankruptcy, but nevertheless, some of the arguments of the Marshach and the later post can follow in his footsteps are relevant to discussions of modern bankruptcy as well. Reuven Vishimon Achim, Reuven and Shimon were brothers and Shutfim partners, Chayavim Lebalechovus. They had various debts to various creditors. Umeis Echonmeim, Vachayel Rabban, Vachal Yisrael Shavak, one of the brothers and partners passed away. When we call it Shir from whatever assets he left over in his Paral Miksubasa, some of those assets were used to pay his widow Ruksuva, Uchamochin Nispara Evan Amelach, Choshech Evan Lamelach. Also, there were monies owed to the government, those were paid. Baofen, by the time they finished making those payments, Sha'ata Nishiru Acha Vimo, Belisomech Vesomech, Belimashin Amashena, the family, the surviving brother, his mother, had nothing left. Lomish and Lechem, Lomish and Mayim, they didn't have enough to support themselves. And now the question is, the surviving brother, he, he still has outstanding debts. The, the money he had, the partnership, his own money, he has outstanding debts. And what should we do? So, most of the creditors came, they agreed to a negotiated settlement, not to completely discharge any of the debt, apparently, but simply, to give the surviving brothers manam, a payment schedule, time to repay the debt, not to seize everything he had immediately, but to give him time to pay off the outstanding debts. That was what most of the creditors wanted to do. However, there were some creditors, the Yeshashar Yisarev, some refused to go along with this arrangement. They absolutely refused to enter into any kind of settlement. They want absolute justice to seize whatever he has, to make him pay the debt immediately, however he can. The recalcitrant creditor refuses to go along with any kind of settlement. Absolutely no settlement is acceptable to him. What's the halacha? The recalcitrant creditors would be correct. They don't have to settle. If they don't want to settle, they don't have to settle. They have the right to demand whatever, whatever he has to pay off the debt. In this case, however, nevertheless, the Marshach sided with the other creditors. He agreed, for various reasons, He's going to object, he's going to refuse their, their stated objection, their insistence on doing din. He's going to refuse to let them do that. He's going to make them sign on to the pshara that has been agreed to by most of the creditors. The pshara to extend a payment schedule, to extend the, when the loans are, to push off when the loans are due, agreed to by most of the creditors. The Marshach compelled the minority of recalcitrant, recalcitrant creditors to agree to that arrangement. Why? It's not the halacha. So he says, first of all, even if he has some assets, let's say he has something, but nevertheless, the other creditors decided to do chesedimo, to extend the, to extend the term, in order, because it's profitable for everyone, you can do business, but also, 
Now, if we take whatever he has, we'll have to take, let's say, 30 cents on the dollar case. And I'm asking If they decide, let's do a chesed. It's, uh, it's our uh, enlightened self-interest as well. You'll do business. You'll get more money. We'll, we'll all have more. We'll get more of our debt. You'll be happier that we didn't just seize everything you had right away. We'll be happy. You'll pay off the debt. If they want to do that, he says, Maybe 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 even it'll be good for him as well. Maybe he'll, his business will do so well he'll have something left over for himself. to support himself after he pays off the debt. So if they want to do that, they have the right to do that, even and even to override the refusal of the minority of creditors who don't want to do that. Why? What I see the minog is that when most of the creditors want to reach a settlement, they have the right to compel those who don't want to do so, they can compel them to agree. That's the custom, and that is a, a justified custom. Why? This is the, the general custom, the prevailing custum. Titumta is an act which is not a halachic Kenyan, but if that's the minhag that that businessman uses as a Kenyan, it works. So the minhag can make something a Kenyan which is not. There are other sources in halacha that minhag works in Choshen Mish, but interesting that he picks this one. But nevertheless, the in our case as well, regarding these settlements, the minhag is the rove can be co for the miut. We can force the unwilling balechovim sheyaskimulus pasher al pipshara sharasurfim shemarov. We can force the Mia to go along with the Pshara of the Rov. Kolshkin, he says, another reason, this is not really our circuit right now, but another reason he says why they have to agree is because we said that he has almost nothing left. He has no mission to Mashainik. He's nothing to support himself. Certainly we have to get, cut him some slack here. You can't do that. You can't literally take every penny he has because as we discussed in the previous week, we pass in Misadrin al You have to leave him something anyway. But for our, for our purposes, the beginning of the Marshach is the, is the key point here that even against the Halacha, if there's a Minhag, this, again, this is not actually modern bankruptcy that discharges some of the debt. It was just a question of giving a more lenient payment schedule. But the Marshach says, even though that wouldn't be the Din, if that's the Minhag that Rove of the Selkrim have the right to impose their settlement upon the Miut, we follow such a Minhag. Now, the Chikri Lev, Rabbi Rafael Yosef Chazan, about two centuries ago, he has a very important tshuva. It's a little bit terse. He has a tshuva where he was asked about something that was more like modern bankruptcy. There are many other Svardik posting who discussed this as well. We're just seeing a few of the seminal tshuvas here. The Chikri Lev, a couple of centuries after the Marshach, two or three centuries after the Marshach, he was asked, a person owed Jews and non-Jews, Benishbar, he's insolvent, doesn't have money to pay, to pay off the debts, Benech Bakadilis Pasher, he hides, he's working on reaching a settlement. He agrees to a settlement where they'll take, they'll take a haircut, they'll, they'll take a third, of what, a third of what he owes them, a quarter of what he owes them. Do the minority of creditors, who are Jewish, do they have to accept to agree to this arrangement where they would have to forfeit a significant part of their, of their debt? The Shamati, the Chikri Lev says, he heard there was a certain posseg who ruled that they do, that the rove can force the mute, and of course the basis for that would be the chelim ashakastam marshach. The marshach from the gedolei asvardim of several centuries earlier, marshach says the rove can force the mute to agree. To hear also this posseg said, the rove can force the mute not just 
to uh, to an extension of the of the payment of the of when the chov has to be paid, but even to write off and to and to give up to forgive part of the debt. Says the Chikrelev, no, I do not agree. Levavi lochen yachshov, and he has a variety of reasons for rejecting this idea. One of his points is his first point: Shemayin b'tshuvas and askaris. If you look at the Marshach and other tshuvas, Yireh shehem lo dibru kiim b'pesher arvachasman. As we've been noting, they were talking about a, a pshara, a settlement that involves extending the term of the loan. Mashak wasn't talking about forgiving any of the debt. Why should you forgive anything? You don't have money today, so we'll extend the term of the loan. But why should we completely write off and discharge the debt like modern bankruptcy does? Why should we do that? Furthermore, he argues, This minog did not apply in our locale, he says. Our minog is, you pay whatever you have, and then if you get uh, more, you should you pay the rest. We have no minog of discharge. It's clearly not the minog, he says, in our location. If you're going to tell me that among the, among the Christians, the, they have this minog, among the European countries, why should we, in Turkey, why should we follow their minog? We, the Jewish community in Turkey, we should follow the minog of the Turkish non-Jewish community. That's where we live. They're much stricter about this. The Bedinam. They're much stricter. You have to sit in jail for a few months, and then you pay whatever you have, and they let you go. But still, it's not a discharge. If you get more money later, you have to pay it back. He has other arguments. I'll call upon him. The Chikri Leif says that even the Marshach doesn't say that a minog can just that a minog, that the minog justifies discharging the debt. And the problem is that the Marshach that the Chikri Leif is not so clear as to whether he means that a minhag, this particular minhag that the Svardim were talking about, didn't, didn't encompass discharging a debt, but if the minhag would, then it would work for that as well? Or is the, the Chikrilev making a more fundamental point, there can't be such a minhag. A minhag to actually force the, the being mochel a debt is simply completely illegitimate. Is he saying there was no such minhag, or is he saying there cannot be such a minhag? And the truth is, the Chikrilev's own descendants, children and grandchildren, actually disagree have a strong disagreement about this point. In the Sefer Nadiv Lev, written by Rav Chaim David Chazan, one of the Chikri Lev's children, there, there are chuvas both from the author as well as from his brother, Rebbe Leo Chazan, both of whom assume that if there, that if there is a minhag that not just to extend the, the term of the loan, but even to erase and forgive part of the loan, such a minhag would be valid. We'll, we'll take a look here at the chuva of Rebbe Leo Chazan. It's a little shorter and more succinct. So he says that, he talks about, again, a certain complicated bankruptcy arrangement. He says that, that it's true, he says, that his father, the Chikri Lev, said that the, it, it's true that his father, the Chikri Lev, said that Marshach was not talking about erasing a debt, he was merely talking about changing the, the term of the loan. But he says, nevertheless, he says, it's true that's what Marshach was talking about, but the Marshach's language here and elsewhere indicates that if there would be a minog, that we would follow the minog, even with regard to erasing part of the debt, that minog would work as well. He brings other posts who say the same thing. He goes on at some length about this, and he says that even the Chikri Lev would agree. He, he says, Barmandain, he says, Ata bezmanenu, shadavar yadua, shamelech yorim holech achar minog haloazim, we do follow the European, the Christian minhagim, hinekamapam asu maise kem balchov, shem tachas mamshalto, even in Turkish jurisdictions, that they were insolvent, that the debtors, who patras the Balchov, Masheheresh, Yeshlo, as long as the Balchov turns over whatever he has and pays it to the creditors, he has no further obligation, Vasulo Midi, 
If this is the minog now, he says that the minog is that the debt is discharged. Even my father, the chikrilev, Moda, the kofnus amir acharav, he understands certainly the chikrilev was only only meant to say that there was no such minog. He understood that in the marshach's time, in his time, there was no such minog. Even that, uh, his son challenges that. The other posts can imply there is such a minog. But the bottom line is. He doesn't seem to have entertained any possibility that there can't be such a minog. He just says, maybe in some places, possible there was no such minog. But if there is such a minog, we follow the minog to erase debts as well, not just to extend the term. And he brings other posts who indicate that. He says, the end of the chuva, he says, bar mundane, mundane, he never needed to be done, ain't suffix, shagam mari hagon, maran abazel. There's no suffix, he says, in our case, my father, my father would agree, the Chikrilev would agree, that we do force the minority of recalcitrant creditors to enter into a compromise that does involve erasing part of the debt. The jurisdiction in which the debtor and creditors were were actually under the, the Europeans. That certainly is a minute, as earlier Postkin says, my father himself indicates that that was the custom in Christian lands. I've explained to you, he says, Our minog even in Turkey is like the minog in Europe, he says. There was another postage that even in the Chikri Leif's time said that we do recognize the minog of discharging part of the debt. So that's how we paskin. So we have a couple of the Chikri Leif sons, Rebbe Yoh Chazan, Rechaim David Chazan, who both said that even, maybe, if the Minnick doesn't, doesn't say that, then of course there's no such Minnick. But if the Minnick does say that the minority of creditors has to agree to a discharge, then we would follow that, even if it means being Mochel, part of the Chof. However, another descendant of the Chikri Leif, the Chikri Leif's grandson, the, the Chikri Leif, Rechaim Palaji, who was not called Chazan, because he, he was the son of a daughter of the Chikri Leif, he, he, he argues vehemently that there cannot be a minhag to force a creditor to be mochel part of his chov. It's just uh, unjust, and it's gezel. He begins by discussing, again, the question of minhag. He says that the Sochrum Haloazim, the, the, the Christians, the Europeans, had a minhag, even in Izmir, a Turkish city, that they, that they would have a bankruptcy procedure, and, uh, and it was a discharge that, that, that he gives whatever he has. He puts it in, some, in something called the Kangaliria, some kind of institution, and then he's Potter, as long as he turns over all his assets, even if he has Alafim or Revavas afterward, he makes thousands and tens of thousands of money afterwards. He becomes an usher muflug, nevertheless, just like modern bankruptcy, the debt is completely discharged, as long as at the time he worked with the bankruptcy procedure in good faith, even if he gets rich afterward, he has no further obligation. So he says, our minog is, we don't have that, that's the minog of uh, the Europeans and the Christians, it's not the minog among Jews, he says, and we don't, uh, that's not what we do. We, we don't have that minute. Other cities, he says, I can't tell you what the minute is there, he says. Uh, I know the minute here. I don't know the minute there. Maybe they do have a minute posture. Maybe there is a widespread minute in other cities. And the minute was his will of Tuve Ha'er. Like the, that maybe there is a minute of Halacha. That if the minute is that, like the Christians, like the Europeans, that we discharge debt, then maybe minute of Halacha. But then he says, no. I don't think such a minute would work at all, even if there is such a minute. He says, it's true, the Poskin, the Kadmonim, the Rashba, in certain cases they, inv- they involve minog, he says, they invoke minog, but not to completely take away private property without 
just cause, he says, Misha Rocha Lifkos Mashalveu Kavero Lamatlashravia. You want to just not pay back money that you owe against the will of the Malva? That that's not a question of details or of rules. That's Isr Barupasham, it's on Isr Gazel. You're stealing. If you don't pay back money that you owe, you're a Gazlan. You want to make a tnai, a minig is like a tnai, it's like everyone agreed to do this. Masnala Gazel, Dwamahani, you can't make a tnai to legitimize Gazel. He brings other sources for this. The Marik says a minute to be Oker, fundamental Dine Torah, like Bechorah, or Yerusha Shel Torah, inheritance laws. Ain't a minute claw. You can't have a minute that's Oker Divrei Torah. Such a minute cannot work. And uh, he says, you can't say that the Tuve Ha'er, the original Tuve Ha'er, the leaders of the city, established such a custom. He says, why would they do that? Why would they make a tznai that's against Dintara, that uproots Dintara B'adayim, that, nut- that nullifies Dintara? You can't even do that, he says. Even if Eliyahu Navi would come, a, a very uh, curious analogy, he says, the Gemara, uh, Eliyahu Navi would come, Shliach Hashem, and say, I want to be mevatel a mitzvah permanently, you can make a harasha, Eliyahu Barakarmel, temporary harasha, you can do. If he tries to abolish uh, a mitzvah permanently, ain't shomenlo, except for harasha, like Eliyahu Barakarmel. He tries to change the Torah. You can't do that. So if you try to establish bankruptcy law as a new halacha, that's changing Torah. Torah says debts are permanent, except for Shemitah, Shkafim, other circumstances, but debts are permanent. You can't just declare bankruptcy. Debts, if there's no statute of limitations, there's no bankruptcy, he says. Trying to enact an entirely new notion of bankruptcy, that's Gezel, that's Masnala Gezel, that's Masnatim Mavatal Din Torah, that's Masnatim Mavatal Din Torah, to be Ochred in Torah. And Rechaim Palaji says, no way, no how. He starts by saying, maybe, to Adayin Tzvi Haraba, Eni Machlet, but at the end he seems pretty convinced that there's no such thing. You absolutely cannot have a Minog. Why would they do it? He implies they can't do it. You can't, it's completely illegitimate, it's completely impossible to have a Minog. That, that's Masnala Gezel, bankruptcy in his view, is considered Masnala Gezel, to be Ochred and Mavatal Din Torah. We'll see in our final share, in, in the context of Din Malchusadina, some poskim, notably Rav Asher Weiss, push back on this idea and say, it's not Gezel, it's a, it, it's a reasonable economic policy. Baruch Hayim Palaji held, it's Masnel Gezel, it's Masnet Mavatal, and to be Oker, Din Torah, which is completely unacceptable.